Welcome to the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shayla Toons-Withers. As a double board certified family and obesity medicine physician with over 12 years of experience in medicine, I teach motivated individuals how to achieve their desired quality of life while preventing and reversing chronic diseases. It's tea time. What part of your health journey is most challenging? Is it the actual effort of sticking to a plan? The cooking and the meal planning? The exercise routine? Not enough time for everything you think you need to do? Or the confusion of it all? If you said yes to any of these obstacles, then keep listening to learn how you can smash these problems just by checking your email. You check your email inbox every day already, but what if checking your inbox brought you better health instead of the stress it sometimes can bring? Well, I have news for you. You can improve your health, get a jump start on improving your health conditions, and start to feel like a better version of you just by checking your email inbox over the next five days when you join the free Nourish and Flourish five-day challenge. You'll get health tips, actionable videos, a goal and habit tracker, and healthy recipes every day for five days. Better health is the best investment you'll ever make, and this is only a small investment of your time. You have nothing to lose but everything to gain. The Nourish and Flourish 5-Day Challenge was designed to set the foundation for healthy habits for life. Say yes to yourself today and sign up now at drshayla.com forward slash NF challenge. I'll also place these details in the show notes. The essence of health is in you. See you in your inbox. I'm excited to announce that my metabolic coaching program has started and it's waiting for you. Yes, you, to come and join me. Within this 12-week program, we'll work together one-on-one to not only develop your personalized plan to improve your condition of insulin resistance, lower your blood sugar, lose weight, re-energize your body, and keep you feeling your best self, but we will also get you off of that fat diet hamster wheel for good by giving you a sustainable plan that actually works within your busy schedule to keep you in good health. Head on over to drshayla.com forward slash EOH to book your free strategy session with me. And let's get started today. It's tea time. I want to remind you that the information and resources shared here on the Essence of Health Tea Time podcast are for informational purposes only and should never be used as a substitute for direct medical advice from your doctor or other qualified medical provider. This information and resources are not intended to diagnose, treat, nor cure any type of disease or health condition and does not serve as medical advice for you. Now, Sit back and get this tea. Fasting is a popular method in mainstream media that's touted for weight loss. There are some who may do a water fast, a processed food fast, a fast only at certain times of the day, or a fast for several days of the week. Some individuals may fast due to cultural or religious reasons at certain times of the year. 
So let's explore this topic. On today's episode, I'll be spilling the tea on fasting and how it may or may not be something that you want to incorporate into your weight loss plan. As with starting any new diet or exercise regimen, you should always consult with your personal doctor to see if this is safe and appropriate for you and your health conditions before implementing a new regimen. In this discussion, we'll be focusing on intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is a way of eating in which one restricts the amount of food they consume for a certain number of hours each day or only at a certain time of day. The thought behind intermittent fasting is that it aids individuals in weight loss and weight maintenance by helping the individual to develop a plan for eating to avoid unnecessary eating throughout the day. How did we get to this less is more approach to weight loss? Let's take a step back into time. Fasting has been practiced for spiritual development and health for many centuries. Fasting as a religious practice is a common in a variety of religions worldwide, including Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, and Judaism. The early healers, including Hippocrates, promoted fasting as a way of healing. The quote, to eat when you are sick is to feed your sickness is attributed to Hippocrates. And another quote on fasting, fasting is the greatest remedy, the physician within, is attributed to another early healer, Paracelsus. Fasting for health was promoted in the 1800s in a book titled The True Science of Living by Dr. E.H. Dewey, where he wrote, every disease that afflicts mankind develops from more or less habitual eating in excess of the supply of gastric juices. And fasting for the treatment of obesity has been advocated for many years. A 1982 journal published in the Western Journal of Medicine reported findings in the early 1900s where researchers were monitoring fasts in individuals challenged by obesity of 139, 236, and 249 days. That's right. The longest recorded fast is that of a 27-year-old Scottish man who was challenged by obesity, Angus Barbieri. In 1965, Angus is reported to have fasted for 382 days, losing 125 kilograms, which equates to about 276 pounds. Now, before you run over to your pantry and throw all of your food away, please be mindful that the individuals who underwent these very lengthy fasting protocols were in controlled hospital-like settings, and they were monitored around the clock. So please don't place yourself on an extended fasting or starvation protocol with the intent of weight loss without being under the close supervision of a doctor. There are some benefits of fasting, which we'll discuss, but there can be some harm with fasting. So you should definitely be knowledgeable of both sides of the coin here. Intermittent fasting is today's version of fasting for weight loss. It involves a lack of eating or feeding oneself in a way that may limit overall caloric intake and used therapeutically with the intent to avoid inducing malnutrition or starvation and its complications. Under the umbrella of fasting for weight loss is periodic fasting and intermittent fasting. Periodic fasting is a method where one limits food for greater than two consecutive days, typically two to seven days, followed by one week of normal feeding or normal eating habits. 
One of the most well-known benefits of fasting is its role in weight management. Beyond caloric restriction, intermittent fasting can activate a process called autophagy, which is a cellular cleaning process that helps remove damaged cells and encourages the body to utilize stored fat for its energy. Intermittent fasting typically has four different types of protocols. The 5-2 protocol, the 2-1 protocol, the 1-1 protocol, and time-restricted feeding. In the 5-2 protocol, an individual will restrict food for two days, then resume their normal eating habits or patterns for the other five days of the week. In the 2-1 protocol, an individual will restrict food for one day, and then they will resume their normal eating patterns for two days of the week. Then they'll go back into their day of fasting. In the 1-1 protocol, an individual will restrict food every other day than eating their normal food patterns in the day off that they're not fasting. The most common method of intermittent fasting is the time-restricted feeding method. Individuals will usually follow the 16-8 plan or the 14-10 plan, meaning individuals will choose a 16 or 14 hour time frame to fast or restrict their calories, then consume normal healthy meals within their feeding time frame of eight or 10 hours. A 2022 journal in the Journal of Obesity Pillars listed the following as advantages to fasting for treatment of obesity. I'm going to share this tea with you with a couple of thoughts on each of these. One, reducing decision fatigue regarding food selection is an advantage. One of the benefits of fasting is that you're essentially eating less within the day. So that's less meals and healthy snacks that you have to think about overall. Two, it's a quickly reversible method. This is an advantage. So if you're not doing well with this plan, you can easily just stop it. This is so simple yet so true. If you're feeling hangry or ill, then just go eat. You don't have to wean yourself off of an intermittent fast. Just eat but make helpful choices. Number three, it may better fit in day-to-day -day scheduling of meals, including religious fasts such as Ramadan. This premise is similar to the previously mentioned benefit for reducing decision fatigue. Within the programs at Essence of Health, we work with professionals who have very busy schedules. Sometimes these individuals I work with are simply too busy to eat or too busy to put thought and energy into creating a healthful meal. So fasting can work for scheduling. You can set your eating window, for example, to be between 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., knowing that you likely may wake up very early, do a workout, you may meditate, pray, or center your mind, then proceed with your business for the day. You may grab a quick lunch or afternoon snack, then proceed to have a planned, health-fulfilling dinner. So this may work well for your day-to-day -day schedule. Number four, another advantage is that it may reduce caloric intake with variable effects on lean body mass, resting metabolic rate, and total energy expenditure, often dependent upon concomitant physical activity. And what this highlights is that while you can reduce overall caloric intake by intermittent fasting, this will also be dependent upon other factors. But an effective decrease of caloric intake, depending upon the quality of those calories consumed, can yield an overall weight loss and improve your metabolism for calorie burning while at rest. Another advantage is that 
Fasting may reduce body weight and improve metabolic parameters. For example, improving insulin sensitivity, blood pressure, lipids or cholesterol, and your inflammatory markers. Also, by consuming less calories overall and by consuming a higher quality of calories, one can improve their body's response to insulin, lowering their risk for diabetes and chronic obesity, reduce their blood pressure, improve their cholesterol, and reduce inflammation within the body. The key to achieving this, however, will definitely be dependent upon the quality of those calories consumed. In my experience as a family and obesity medicine specialist, those who intermittently fast but choose to consume a diet high in animal fat and animal protein will still contribute to increasing their risk for cardiovascular disease, insulin resistance, and increased inflammatory processes within their body. So be mindful of this. If you're frustrated with your weight, taking more medications than you'd like to, have been told that you are at risk for the development of a chronic preventable disease or just are not feeling in the best of health, then I'm talking to you. Why? Because you're tired of fat dieting. You know it's time for a change and you want a sustainable plan to improve your health. If you have found yourself at this place in life, well, I have developed a program that's just for you. It's called The Essence of Health and it's your prescription for transformation. My goal with this program is to give you the tools needed to create sustainable lifestyle changes within a group coaching setting, along with one-to-one individualized coaching to give you a personalized path to health that's just for you. The benefits are priceless, so join today. Head on over to eohcoaching.com to learn more. The essence of health is in you. Now, this same article that we're highlighting also highlighted some disadvantages to fasting as a treatment of obesity. So get this tea. One, it does not necessarily emphasize healthful meal quality. As I pointed out when we were discussing the benefits of intermittent fasting, to achieve those benefits, you must still be mindful of opting for healthful foods to consume. I'll give you the example. If you were to choose an eating window of time to eat between 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. and you fasted from 7 p.m. to 1 p.m. each day, you would be fasting for about 18 hours and having an eating window of about six hours. Now, if within those six hours you choose to eat a double cheeseburger, fries, and a soda during your eating window, then you chose to eat a ham and cheese sandwich, potato chips, and a snack cake for your second meal, Uh, during the same eating window, several things would occur. One, you consume well over 2,400 calories or more for that day. And two, you would consume a significant amount of saturated fat, trans fat, and cholesterol, all of which have been shown to increase one's risk for conditions of insulin resistance, high blood pressure, heart disease, and inflammatory conditions. So even though you didn't eat anything for most of the day, when you did eat, it wasn't with consuming healthful choices. So you really aren't giving your body nor your health any benefits here. So many people are led astray thinking that, well, because I ate less, I should be more healthy. True, you may not have consumed as many meals as you normally would within the day, but if the one meal you did consume is high in fat, salt, sugar, and cholesterol, you're negating any health benefits of eating less. 
Another disadvantage with intermittent fasting is that it may not be appropriate for patients with eating disorders, for example, bulimia or binge eating disorder. And I'm so glad that this article touched on this point because this is so important. If you have a history of an eating disorder or disorder eating where you intentionally miss meals, binge meals, or purge, then intermittent fasting is not recommended as it can exacerbate these conditions by placing a heavy emphasis on food restriction. Another disadvantage is that it can increase the risk of hypoglycemia among patients with diabetes who do not appropriately adjust their hypoglycemic anti-diabetes drug treatments, for example, insulin or those sulfonylurea drugs. So you should always consult with your personal doctor before changing your diet in such a drastic manner as fasting. There are some health conditions that can pose dangers to someone when fasting. If you have an insulin-dependent condition, then you will want to work with your doctor for close monitoring of your blood sugar levels to avoid dangerously low blood sugars from intentionally missing meals. Another disadvantage is that it's unclear if sustainable on a lifetime basis for a lifelong disease, for example, obesity. So we know that obesity is a chronic health condition, so a sustainable health and wellness plan is definitely needed. Within the Essence of Health Metabolic Coaching Programs, sustainability is key to developing your personalized nutrition and wellness plan. This is how you are able to jump off that hamster wheel of fat dieting by nourishing your body in a way that can be helpful for you and easily followed for the long term. There aren't many people who can or would even choose to live such a regimented life of eating windows forever because life happens. So this is why working with a professional to develop your plan is so important so that your health goals aren't derailed when life is lifing. Now, another disadvantage that this article pointed out is that most long-term evidence of efficacy, health benefits, and safety are derived from animal studies. Within the scientific community, we do know that studies can't always be equal in both animals and humans. While we may have some findings within a study based upon an animal population, this doesn't necessarily mean that it will also occur or not occur within humans. Another disadvantage pointed out is that prolonged fasting, when we think in terms of weeks or longer, may promote other conditions like gout, urate, nephrolithiasis, or kidney stones postural hypotension or low blood pressure, lightheadedness, fainting, and cardiac dysrhythmias. These points definitely highlight the fact that you should never start a fast without first consulting your personal doctor and making sure that you're actually healthy enough to fast. You should also routinely follow up with your doctor during your fast so that they can quickly adjust your medications as needed to help you prevent adverse effects from your fast. So now that you have the tea on intermittent fasting, if this is something that may be beneficial for you and your doctor feels like it would be safe, then here are some tips to help you be successful with intermittent fasting. Number one, stay hydrated. Just because you aren't eating when you're fasting, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't be drinking anything. Choose water, black coffee without sugar and cream, or hot tea. Drink regularly, as this is helpful in a couple of ways. It will prevent dehydration and those adverse events that may present with dehydration. It will help you to move throughout your day, even if it's just getting up frequently to go to the potty. Tip number two, 
pick an eating window that works for you and your personal schedule. Because intermittent fasting works best when you're able to stay consistent, it's not recommended that you frequently change your eating window, as this can actually negate your fast and affect the quality of the results that you may get from fasting. So when you start intermittent fasting, be mindful of your work schedule. If you have kids, be mindful of their schedule, your workout schedule, and anything else of importance that may happen during your day. Choose an eating window that is optimal for you to be able to consume two or three healthy meals within that feeding window of each time of day. Three, the eating window is just as, if not more important than the fasting window. Plan ahead and be mindful of making healthful food choices during your eating window. Just because you're eating less frequently within the day doesn't mean that you shouldn't make a conscious effort to make healthful food choices. So you will want to avoid processed foods and opt for fruits, vegetables, unprocessed carbohydrates to fuel and nourish your body during your eating window. This is also helpful to keep you sufficiently nourished when fasting as unprocessed carbohydrates are more slowly digested within the body, keeping you fuller longer and helping you to sustain within your fasting window without becoming irritable. And tip four, if you're feeling ill, lightheaded, dizzy, faint, or anything other than feeling well, then please just go eat something. There are a number of ways to achieve a healthy weight, and starvation should never be included in your plan. As I've stated many times during this episode, consult with your doctor before starting on a fasting program. And if you're not feeling well, then fasting may likely not be for you, and you should work with us within one of our coaching programs at Essence of Health or with the nutritionist and or physician of your choosing to develop a more healthful and sustainable plan that's personalized for you. Now, this takes us to our Ask the Expert segment of the show. In today's Ask the Expert segment, our question that was submitted states, I've tried intermittent fasting in the past and developed significant constipation. How can I avoid this? This is a wonderful question, and there are some helpful things that you can do to avoid this. So get this smooth move tea on tips to avoid constipation while intermittent fasting. Tip one, stay hydrated. If you find that you're becoming constipated, then you probably aren't getting enough fluid within your body. So aim to drink at least eight cups of water within the day. Remember that fluids like coffee and caffeinated tea drinks can actually contribute to dehydration as they work as diuretics and they pull fluid from your body out of you. So limit your intake of coffee, caffeinated tea, and caffeinated sodas, including diet sodas, and choose water for adequate hydration. Tip two, consume enough fiber. During your eating window, be sure to consume fruits, dark leafy greens, beans, cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, and other unprocessed whole grains like oats, farro, barley, and ancient grains so that you get a sufficient amount of fiber in your diet. Not only will the fiber be helpful for regulating your gastrointestinal tract and your bowels, the fiber will also be helpful in promoting satiety or that feeling of being full for a longer period of time, and this will be helpful in promoting healthful weight loss. Tip three, don't forget to move something. Just because you're working on your nutrition while intermittent fasting, you can't forget the other keys to living a healthy lifestyle, which includes intentional movement. Movement is not only necessary for our cardiovascular health and wellness, but it is also essential 
in regulating our gut health and our bowels. So move your body every day to help keep your bowels moving. Remember, the essence of health is in you. Thank you for joining me today on the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. Click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss a moment of the Essence of Health Tea Time Podcast. Check out the show notes to obtain your free tips for healthy living guide to get you started on your health and wellness path. Follow me on social media at Essence of Health Wellness Clinic on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and at dr.tw at eohwc on TikTok. Interested in becoming a member of the Essence of Health Coaching Program? Well, head on over to www.eohcoaching.com. The Essence of Health is in you.